0: Every team, every topic, everywhere, this is Believe.
1: War Eagle, everybody. Welcome back to Believe in Everything Auburn. I am Taylor Davis. I am joined by my co-host, Jason Campbell. We are here to talk everything Auburn. You guessed it. Uh, apologize that we didn't have an episode last week. You know, um, I'm going to be full, fully transparent here. So, As Jason has mentioned, I recently started a new gig with the Kansas City Royals. So it was a big move, Charlotte to Kansas City. A lot's been happening. We're in the middle of a 10-day homestand. Um, So, you know, I've been a little all over the place and got my dates mixed up and fully thought the NFL draft was last week. And I (laughs) was prepping for the episode as if we were about to talk about the draft. I even teased it on our last episode. And realized day before that I was, in fact, incorrect. And the draft was two weeks away at, at that point. So Jason is so kind and doesn't make fun of me for things, though he should. Um, so I just wanted to clarify that I do now know that it's not the draft yet. <laughs> that is, in fact, next week. And we will talk about it at that point. But we are here today to talk a day because that is what happened last week. But Jason went down to A day and obviously covered the action. So we're going to have some insight from him, having been down there and seen everything that came out of that spring game. So looking forward to getting his take on it. Now, Jay, overall though, how was it to be? be back. I mean, it's still not normal, but it's closer to the capacity that we're used to. Did did it feel like things were progressing?
0: I will say this I was excited when I pulled up it did feel like old A Day games what I mean okay. by that is there was a lot of fans and you know A Day is pretty much a family atmosphere from the first part anyways and right. uh to see all those people there with their kids and and everything to, to be able to witness the spring game and the players did they also did autographs after the games which from a distance but so it was typical your know, A-Day where the fans get a chance to interact a little bit with the players and get their yeah. pictures and, and get their autographs and everything. So that aspect felt really, really normal. And there was a good. pretty good crowd. There was about 20,000 people there. And uh, everyone was kind of spaced out still. And, you know, people was entering the stadium with their mask on. And, you know, of course, someone probably took it off once they got in there. But, you know, we were right. all out in fresh air. But um, I will say that uh, my mind wasn't playing tricks on me. When I pulled up this time, like it did during the fall, because during the fall, you pull up and you're expecting to see tailgating. You're expecting to see, you know, smoke in the air from somebody cooking a good brisket or something going on. But, you know, so this was this was this was really, really a a great a day and the weather was just phenomenal.
1: Oh, that's awesome. In the pictures that I saw and clips and stuff, it looked like what a home game looked like this past season in terms of the amount of people that were there, it was kind of similar. So it gives you hope that if this many people are in there for the spring game, what we will likely and hopefully get to have by fall. That's really promising. All right, well, I'm going to get Jason's input on all the play. We're going to talk different position groups and everything that he thought coming off the spring game. But first a word from our sponsor. BetOnline is the fastest and easiest way to bet on all your sports action. BetOnline has you covered for all the news, scores, and odds, and it's the best way to place your bets, and, of course, it's free to sign up. All you have to do is head to the website betonline.ag, or you can use your mobile device to sign up today and receive a 50% welcome bonus on your first deposit. BetOnline, your online sportsbook experts. All right, let's talk a little ball first. Obviously, you do it. I feel like we have to preface, which we have already. We've discussed it on the episode. What you get in a spring game is a very watered down version of what you will see come fall. Okay. So, anyone who takes too much stock in the spring game, rest easy because they're not showing you everything. All right. But, It gives us a peek behind the curtain a little bit, especially in a year where so much turnover is happening. You've got an entirely new staff, so many new faces on the field with a lot of veteran guys having moved on. So it it gives you a good sense of kind of where things stand right now and what to look out for the closer we get to fall. So let's start. I'm going to go kind of position groups that I want your opinion on first. I want your opinion on the offensive line. You know, we've talked about what Will Friend was doing, you know, developing that line and kind of creating that cohesion a little bit better because you've got, you know, several guys on the line, especially Nick Brahms at center, that were experienced as individuals. Now they finally come into a season, they're a little experienced as a group more so than they were last year. How did you think they showed uh, a development in terms of that unit?
0: Yeah, I would say this. So when you think about the offensive line, a great thing that we have about this offensive line, I think we have more depth this year. And okay. and, and it shows a little bit more. And when you have your center coming back, like we talked about Nick Brahms, it makes, he's the centerpiece of everything. And it brings everything yeah. else around him together. So I thought those guys did a great job of, even though, like you said, it was more vanilla, offense versus defense but at the same time you still got to line up and put a hat on a hat and a shoulder pad on a shoulder pad and uh it's all about the point of attack and I thought these the guys did a really good job of opening the holes between the guards I, I feel I really feel like you know we have something there with Tayshaun man and Manning. I really feel like we have something you know with with Andre Jones and 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 just like Broderius Hams at, at tackle and then you know, you have Austin Troswell and Alec Jackson. So you have these guys, but I really feel like from the center to the guards, they did a great job in the spring game uh, opening holes for showers and and Tank Bisbee. And I thought those guys, once they got to the second level, you can see why they're considered two of the better bats in the SEC. You know, they're able to make right. a safety miss. And, uh, and it all started up front with what these guys did with the with, up front with against our defensive line that's not front our defensive line is going to be really good this year uh you know right. last year it kind of hurt us from a standpoint but when i got a chance to see these guys up close taylor the thing that i was most impressed with was the size we look much bigger okay. than we did five months ago and you can Dude. tell that the weight room program that they that auburn has put in with the new weight coach and strength and conditioning it's showing like you like we will talk about it as we go on with some of these other players, the size and everything. But that was the notice difference that I noticed once I got there was just the physique hmm. of what these guys look like compared to five, six months ago. So, wow. you know, kudos to that aspect. Like I always say, you win a lot of your games in the weight room because, right. you know, football term, we always say meat on meat. You know, like you <laughs> got to be you got to be tough in the grind down yeah. in the middle one where everything happens because if you can't stop the run and you can't run the football in this league, you're not winning. No matter how yeah. many times you spread that ball around, you still got to be able to run the ball to keep the defense honest and keep those linebackers sucked in the hole.
1: Totally. And, hey, if you're already noticing a physical difference and we're in April – Come August, man, if these guys stick with that program and, and have the kind of summer that I anticipate they're all going to want to have, again, they beef up a little bit more by fall. So that's, that's certainly exciting. I had read a lot of good things about the offensive line. I saw that Tank has spoken very highly about them. He feels very confident behind them. So looking forward to seeing that group really develop. We all know how imperative that is in the SEC, but just in college football in general. But that kind of does take us into the running back conversation. I would imagine this one will be short because as expected, Tank Bigsby is just in rare form. This guy is just special and there's just no other way around it. But beyond Tank, I want to talk about Sean Shivers for a second. I, and I've talked about him during season, you know, last year and whatnot, but Sean Shivers is what I love about college football. It is, in my opinion, Guys like him are why college football is so different than the NFL because it's not a business. It's, it's done for genuine like love and work ethic and passion. And yes, the NFL includes that as well. But when you're doing something for the love of your school and the love of your team, there's just a different aspect. This guy is behind someone like Tank Bigsby, and he is still at Auburn. We have talked about all the opportunities that present themselves for these college ball players. Now, heck, even more NCAA flexibility has come out as of late for them. And he has just remained the workhorse in whatever role he's in. And when he takes the field, he makes it count. He plays so freaking hard, and he makes it his mission to make a difference when he's out there. And then he runs full speed off and lets Tank go back on. I just, I have so much respect for this kid and the way he has gone about his college career.
0: Yeah, no doubt. When I think about Tank, I mean, think about Shavers. When you you look at this kid, like, From a standpoint of eye contact, you'd be like, "Oh man, he's not a big guy." But when you look at his calves and you look at like his shoulder, his built though, like he's a short stump, and I mean that in a positive way. Like you know, you hit a stump, you hurt yourself. It's just like when yeah. they hit when they when they hit him, they feel it. Ask the Alabama kid from uh, two years ago. Oh, yeah. When they hit him, you feel it. Like he he's not someone that comes in the game and the defense gets to take a breath. No, when he comes in the game, the defense almost fear him just as much as they fear Tank. Because well, and of,
1: sometimes the lower runners are harder to bring down,
0: and they're harder to see because you have right. you have a big offensive line. It's not easy to see Shivers when he's coming, you know, through the gaps and everything. Totally. You don't know because. You, you can't see over those guys to see him. Where Taint, you mm-hmm. can see a little bit more of him because he is a bigger guy. But when I think about what Showers does, not just in a run game, that he's a thumper, but in the passing game. Like, when guys bring blitzes, he gets in there, he hits the point of attack, he drops his butt, and he sinks down, and he keeps getting from getting pushed back into the quarterback. So his strength, it shows and um, and everything that he does. And he was one of the captains for the spring game, so that speaks volumes because – Yeah. Even though Tank's the younger guy and Tank's the one that gets all the headlines, it goes to show you the respect that Tank has for showers. It goes to show you the respect that the teammates have for showers And I always say this. It's not about the most talented guy being the captain. You are a captain because you are dependable. You're accountable. Your teammates like you. They can depend on you at any moment. And the fact that they look up to you. And I and that shows me that these guys look up to Shavers. And right. and and they have he has the utmost respect of the coaching staff and of the team. And even the, his big counterpart, Tank. So, you know, just this guy has earned everything he's been given, the accolades, the the opportunities. Um, you know, he's gonna be A big part of the reason, if we have success this year running the football, he's going to be just as big as a part of it as is Taint because we already know what to expect from Taint. He's a big guy. We just got to work on Taint, hanging on to the football a little bit more. You know, we talk about that. Like He can get the ball up every now and then. but So we have to work on him just high and tighten that ball because he's so physical. He has to understand that when he's getting hit, some of the guys are not trying to hit you anymore, Taylor. They're trying to go for that ball where they're trying to punch it out. And uh, they've been taught to get the turnover. And uh, so he has got to be more cautious of that. So I think our running back room is going to be fine. Like I said, we're looking for the next guy after these two guys. You know, David yeah. DeVon Barry. you know, he came over from the defensive back. He played a little bit of running back in high school. So he was our third running back in the spring. And, you know, he has some quickness to him and everything. And uh, But at the end of the day, he's still not those two guys. And, uh, and so we're going to be looking forward to the guy that's coming in out of Mississippi. The recruiter, the recruitment that we signed in the spring and see what he can bring to the table because he's going to have to be ready to play this year. And uh, unfortunately, we can't redshirt him.
1: Right. Absolutely. All right, well, that takes us to the other aspect of this offense that we are all eager to see develop, and that's the tight ends. And you told me that <laughs> they were used Ooh. in this game when we I, <laughs> I asked you after, and that's certainly exciting. I heard that uh, Tyler Fromm got a couple receptions as well. Mm-hmm. Give me a little insight into how you saw the tight ends being utilized and, and kind of who stood out.
0: Well, first and foremost, I tell you this, we're here to know us, and I'm going to tell you how the coaches heard to know us. The first play of the game went to the who the tight end <laughs> <laughs> so nice. you know they're just trying to shut, to
1: shut everybody up
0: <laughs> right so they got everybody quiet for about 15 minutes and then the eyebrows started to raise again we hadn't seen the ball go to the tight end for a little while and then I said boom you know we started trying to throw the ball to the tight end and you know of course they were getting held and bumped a little bit because of course these guys not used to seeing them catch balls so You know, uh, but they are going to be a pivotal part of what we do uh, in our passing game and in our run game. And we have some huge talent at the tight end position, which is why I'm so excited. And if you're a quarterback, if you're Bo and, you know, Grant Lloyd and Demetrius, you should be excited as well because you have some big guys. You know, Tyler Fromm is almost 6'7". You know, and, and he can run and he can catch. And then you have Brandon Fraser. He's a sophomore. Landon King's another freshman. And, you know, I know everyone knows uh, Shanker. You know, he's the red shirt senior this year. And uh, so there is talent. Luke Beal, I can't even forget about him. So there's talent at this position and there's depth. So... You know, we're going to see these guys involved because the one thing we did offensively this weekend, which you will see in the fall, is we got under center just as much as we got in shotgun. And that's not going to change. That will still go on within the season. Now, what may happen that they didn't do in the spring is we didn't do a lot of shifts. We didn't do a lot of motions. And you can expect to see that once the spring comes. Now, we did line up in a lot of different formations uh, and everything. I think that's by design for the spring game. But I tell you, like, I'm excited about this group of guys that we have at the tight end position. I really, really am. I think they just got to get used to seeing the ball in games and don't get, like, game light syndrome where some guys, where they feel like they can do it in practice when the lights come on. You know, it's like a totally different atmosphere. You know, I want them to be able to carry it from practice, carry it onto the field, and how that happens early in the season. We got to get these guys some easy touches, get them used to seeing the football a lot.
1: Right. Absolutely. Uh, that's a great point with the size. I think that's been something that, I mean, obviously Seth had that, but otherwise we really haven't had that like big body reliable target. What comes to mind is, and this is a trigger warning, the 2013 national championship game. I mean, Kelvin right. Benjamin was that for Jameis Winston. Like when the, when the moments on the line like that, and you're in that situation, who's going to be that back of the end zone, big body, that's just going to come down with it. So I look forward to seeing one of them develop because I think there's still, after 8A, maybe even more question marks with the wide receiver position. Obviously, Elijah Cannon had a great showing, as expected. We did not get to see Shedrick Jackson and Savion Capers, unfortunately, who are expected to have a good deal of the workload. But what did you see from the wide receivers that did take the field?
0: My thing is, when you see the things that these kids have, the talent is there. You know, Everyone remembered Javaris Jackson. Yeah, I mean, Johnson that played uh, from Trustville. You know, this kid was setting all kind of numbers in high school. And, uh, you know, he had an injury. And now all of a sudden he's back and watching him in the punt return game, watching him running routes and different things. Like, he's going to be a really good receiver for us. And then, you know, also, like Elijah Cannon, this guy is tall. He wears number 17. Uh, and he's tall and he's big. And you, you probably saw the catch along the back line – uh during the game where he made he reached out and caught the ball with his hand. So mm-hmm. those are that's there. And then the guy Capers, Xavion Capers, he hadn't been there all spring because he's been rehabbing <laughs> from a uh from a from a surgery back in January. So but this guy's tall. So you think about Elijah Cannon, sits four, you know, big guy. Then you think about yeah. Cabers, he's gonna be a 6-4 big guy. So you got two big guys opposite good. side of each other. Like that's gonna be really good. And then all of a sudden, Kobe Hudson, Kobe Hudson is a guy who can he can really run and he can know how to he can get open. He he's a route runner. The thing I will say about all of these guys is it comes with time because they don't have the experience in games. They gotta learn how to run through the catch. There was right. times in the game where the ball was delivered. But it's almost like they were looking to try to reach it and catch the ball and reverse their – and pivot and reverse field before even just running through the catch. They have to understand, like, look, this is a different level. It's more important to get the catch first and then get upfield. Don't worry so much about stopping, pivoting, and reversing because guys are coming. This is a fast right. lead. So I think that's something that they can really learn by just breaking down the tape is – Get to the top of your routes. Come out of your routes. But get to the ball first. Run through the catch. Don't, don't try to reach a short-term your catches. So I think that's something they can get better at. Now, the speed, I will say Malcolm Johnson, Jr., the redshirt freshman. Like, this guy is probably the fastest out of all of them. And, mm-hmm. you know, he can take the top off of defense. So he's kind of like our, Anthony, our new Anthony Swartz. and. Okay. uh so when he's in the game, you have to be alert to, for him to be on the uh, a big playmaker and a big catcher down the field because this guy can run and uh, he can really really stretch the field. So I really feel good overall. I think these guys yeah. are going to be fine. I, I think it's just going to take a couple of games for them get in game experience. And like I said, like yeah, you can go through spring, you can play in the spring game, but. There's not 80,000 out there. There's not 90,000 right. out there. The TV, CBS, and the ESPN, and, you know, all these other people are not there covering the game. And, you know, now can we do that when the games are in, in on the line and account for something? So right. I think that's going to be the question mark for these guys. But if you want to talk about talent from top to bottom, that's there. That's not a question. Okay. It's just getting in-game experience of understanding how to run through catches and how to stay on your man. And the other thing is stay on your blocks. We have two running mm-hmm. backs that going to break through linebackers and get to that second level. We have got to understand, you don't just play receiver to catch the ball. Your job is also to get a hat across another guy's face and make sure you're blocking him so that you can spring the running backs for big plays as well. Right. So we have got to work on that as well. But I'm, a, I'm, I'm not too hard-pressed as most are about this Okay.
1: Group. All right, good. Everybody, you heard it from J.K.M. He's not worried about it, so I won't either. All right, last aspect of the offense I got to ask you about, and then we'll talk defense a little bit. Let's talk QBs. Give me your opinion on how Bo looked. <laughs> Do we think some of his habits have been broken? Does he seem like he's taking that next step that we all need to see him take? And then also, what would you see from the newcomer, from Demetrius Davis? i
0: would say this about Bo. He looks more calmer. Um, I will right. say this. I can see Bo, Mike Bobo's uh, effect on him right now. Uh, definitely, I think, getting under the center, I see it definitely helps him in the aspect of utilizing his ability because we all know that Bo likes to get outside the pocket. Yes, and he does. And that's something that we both talk about. So what, <laughs> what does Mike Bobo does? He puts him under the center. He runs bootlegs. He, run right. he runs naked. You he runs no QB reads and different things within the the utilize his talent and his ability of what he likes to do without having to take it all the way from him. Mm-hmm. Now the other thing we still have to work on is there are still times that he likes to try to make the play bigger than the play. And what wow. I mean by that is instead of just taking an ordinary play or just saying uncle sometimes and just giving it up and live to still another day, there was times that if it was really live, he might have got himself in a few troubles of trying to scramble and do too much. And I think mm-hmm. that's something that you see see that over the, this film that they're gonna tell him, like, look. We understand your you're athletic. We understand you're going to make some plays sometimes with your feet outside the pocket. But anytime you got to reverse one side of the field, reverse again, and go try to go to the other side of the field, most of the time, nothing good happens in that situation. Right. So let's just throw the ball away and move on to the next down. We don't have to win every down. And uh, yeah. so I think that's something they continually will have to break his habits as they get over the spring and get into, into the season. Like I said, that may take a couple of games. You know, it may just happen because, it's like you said, like we're all guilty sometimes of something that we quickly forgot trying to break from. But then also you get right back in that environment, what you do. You were he's you go right, right back, back to it. Yeah. <laughs> right, exactly. he's right back. So I think that's an aspect that it's gonna take a few games for him to break that. Now, okay. Grant, I, I do think we have a capable backup in Grant Lloyd. Uh, he's a guy, he hmm. has a really good arm, he can throw the ball, you know, he's not as athletic as Demetrius or or Bo, but he can manage the game to keep us in games if need be. And uh, and everything. So, you know, from that aspect, he was going against the one's defense. Bo, of course, that one's offense was going against the twos defense. So it wasn't like it was one's versus one. So it, it, that's why I say we have to wait on Bo to see from a game like situation. Is some of those tendencies really being broken as we continue to, to work, work with him now. Right. That little highlight kid, Demetrius, this kid has quick feet. I will say that like he moves so quick from point A to point B and there's times that they look and they say, Oh, they called a sack. I'm just like, I'm not so sure about that one. You know, just because if that was live, this guy might have picked up 10, 15 yards, you know, like just because a guy reached out and, and scrubbed the guy's Jersey doesn't mean it's a sack, you know? So, Mm -hmm. but the one thing I will say, the kid has really good arm talent. He's electric type quarterback. I just don't think he's ready. Um, I will say that from looking at him, you know, it may not be a bad deal for him to have to just, you know, take it easy and continue to grow, pick up the offense because when you're young like him and you rely so much on your talent, as we've seen happen in Bo a lot, his first year is the fact that you lock eyes on a receiver. And when you lock eyes on a receiver, your eyes don't know how to get to number two and number three. And when you're in high school, you get away with that. But in this aspect, he locked eyes a few times and the DBs got a read on it and they pretty much just dropped interception. You know, they could have picked them off once or twice and one could have been a pick six because he locked eyes on the guy on the inside receiver trying to run a slant. And you never see the safety. So those are just young things that you that you get on film, you see it on tape. And it just takes time. Like this kid's yeah. gonna be an electric player. Like he's gonna be a really okay. good football player for Auburn. I just think it's gonna take some time for him to break some of those high school habits. He just got there in January. So technically he's supposed to be going for the prom this week, Taylor. He's supposed to be oh dressed gosh. in a three piece, three piece tuxedo <laughs> ice fresh haircut. You know, got his what, what you call the thing that you get a young ladies to pin on pin the on corsage. their dress. Yes, the corsage. He's supposed to be buying a corsage, showing her the corsage, <laughs> pulling up with his car wash, you know what I'm saying, bumping his nice little in there, getting oh ready to take God, some nice right. wrists and go to the dance. Like, wow. he's supposed to be doing that. But instead, you're so right. He's he playing wants to in pump a spring earn, game in Auburn. Playing a spring game at Auburn, Learn a playbook. If it was me, I would be at prom. I would be at prom. I'll catch y'all after May 22nd.
1: They can't make prom. Let's be honest. So if, God forbid, something happened to Bo, you think it would be Grant Lloyd that would take the reins?
0: Yeah, I think it would be Grant Lloyd in the beginning. Okay. And then, you know, knock on wood, if Bo was out for the year or something, then I would do think Demetrius would come out of redshirt mode, and I think okay. they would find a package where he would have at least a four or five play package to gotcha. play – in games because you you have to play him at that point because you can't, right. he's too electric just to stand over there. You know, if, if something was to happen to the starter.
1: Got it. All right. Well we're going to transition to the defensive side of the ball, get your input on that. But first got to tell you guys about monster bass. We are so excited about our newest sponsor monster bass, the fun and affordable way to get the best new baits from the fishing industry's top brands delivered right to your door each month. Basically, it's a premium subscription fishing company that handpicks the best baits based on where you live and where you fish. So no more guessing on which baits are going to work. You just leave it up to the pros at Monster Bass. It's like having your own personal fishing guide, and it's changing the way bass fishermen shop for baits. They've quickly become the number one fishing brand of anglers everywhere with the best baits, the best brands, And you're covered by the industry's best customer service. So if you want to catch bigger bass this season, head over to monsterbass.com and use our code Auburn10 to get $10 off your first box. Sign up for Monster Bass today. All right, let's start with the defensive line, and a storyline that we have not discussed yet is that J.J. Piggies has been moved to the defensive line. He began practicing with the defense a couple weeks ago, and then obviously uh, remained there for the spring game. Now, this guy is listed at 6'3", 308 pounds. (laughs) Just, wow. Just a Ball of athleticism. Uh, Now, he only played offense as a freshman, rushing five times for 17 yards out of the Wildcat and catching seven passes for 57 yards. I want your thoughts on the defensive line. You kind of touched on them at the beginning when we were talking O-line, but how they're looking, especially, you know, the storyline last year was how – pivotal and how obvious it was that we were missing Derek and Marlon it never really seemed like they were kind of able to fill those shoes or even get close to it really do you see progress in that department do guys out there give you hope that they're going to be you know a little firmer this year and also your thoughts on JJ on the defensive line
0: tell you what Taylor Davis the meat market is open and what I mean (laughs) by that these guys have some meat up front this year I and know. having Derrick Hall back helps, um, but I tell you what, like when you look at Tyrone Tyrone Truesdale up front and a 34 defense that we're running now, which is our base defense, like this guy on a nose guard kind of reminds me. He's not as athletic though as Nick Fairley, but he's a guy that can cause havoc on the center. And what I mean by that, when you're in that 3-4 defense, your nose guard has got to be a dog. Like he has got to be someone that can make them have to double team him and to free out those outside rushers to get one-on-one with the tackles and try to get sacks on the quarterback. That's what makes a 34 defense go. If you don't have a dog and nose guard, you forget it. And uh, so I think having him there, it really, really helps the defense. Now you talked about J.J. Paget. J.J., I know it's your guy. On the offense, you like to see him catch the ball in the flat. I don't think that's going away. I do think he's gonna be primarily defensively, but it wouldn't shock me on the goal line situations or third and one situations that you will see this guy out there in a Wildcat situation where you need one yard. You mean to tell me you won't put JJ Pagese in the in the backfield? Like, right. like, come on, he's gonna carry three and four guys with him. So he will get utilized, I think, in special situations on offense, but let's just face it. This guy, if you were to take the number off of him and put number five on him, you would have thought Derrick Brown was down there playing, not looking out. and taking it. I'm just talking mm-hmm. about from the looks, not talking okay. about from Derrick Brown athleticism and moving and all that yet. That's yet to be seen. But I'm just talking about if you put, down, put him down in a three-point stance and you just change his number, you would have thought Derrick Brown was out there because mm-hmm. this guy is that big up front. Like He looks like a man child. And, uh, and if he can learn the techniques of the defensive line and he can learn how to get good with his hands and, and learn how to shoot certain gaps and, and everything like that, like this could be a situation for him that it can transition to not just in college but to the next level and give him a longer career than he would have got as a tight end. So, you know, that's a great move, I think, on his part, being willing to do that. Now let's talk about the edge rushers, which is part of our D-line. Derek Hall and Caleb Johnson. I think these guys are the guys that's going to really, really have to set the glue on the outside because when yeah. you're in this type of edge defense, like it's it's pressure put on you. You know, you're the guy that turns the edge and make everything cut back, especially in the run game. You turn everything back into the teeth of the defense. And these guys have got to become really good edge rushers. They've got to learn good moves at the point of a cat on point of attack how to use their hands to, to swim a guy and to try to get to the quarterback, learn the set points of quarterback. And uh, and when you're in cover three and different things like that, you got to know how to drop to your zone. These guys are not used to doing what? They're not used to dropping because they're used to just running and tagging the quarterback. Now you're in this defense. You got to learn how to drop to a certain area when your number is called in a pass defense. So I think that, that that's going to happen. Um, I was really impressed with our our second D-line that came in and and gave a lot of these guys. Like I said, Zacchevius Walker, like, he's a stud. Like, he's a big guy as well. And uh, I think the more he continues to work – and these are the two guys, J.J. Pegues and Zacchevius Walker, went against our number one offense. And for the most part, they was holding their own. Like, Mm. really was. And uh, so that was kind of exciting to see, especially against an offensive line that I feel like is going to be one of the better ones this year in the SEC. Kobe Wooten is a guy that, um, you know, he's going to be a really good player for us. Uh, he can make some plays at the defensive end position. Um, I, I really like what I see from this guy. You know, he has a high energy motor. Um, yeah. Guy that's going, you know, he kind of reminds you, he's a Derrick Mason guy. Like, let's yeah, just say he, he is. is a Derek Mason guy. And uh, he's going to be one of your guys. You know, you have one or two, yeah. three guys that you that you <laughs> like every year. And I think at the end of the year, he's going to be one of your guys. So, but there's a lot of experience at this position. Like I said, Caleb Johnson is the other guy that we talked about. Like he'll be really good. And and Jaron Handy will be a good player. So overall, I think our defensive line would be better than they were a year ago. Because a year ago, let's face it, we couldn't stop the run for nothing. You know, we was getting gashed in the run game. This year we have, I think a lot of the reason we got more meat up front now is because we needed to stop the run game. If you can't stop the run game, you can forget it.
1: Well, that makes me feel better as well. And then as we move in, you know, talking experience, moving into the secondary, that's a group that we have felt, you know, the DBs and the corner, like we feel good about them heading into this season. It seems like the most depth on the field, on the team at this point, and then them working under a guy like Derek Mason, just adding fuel to that fire. How did they show out?
0: I think this is uh outside of the linebackers before we get to, I think these guys is one of the better groups in the SEC as a whole. And yeah. I'm going to tell you why it starts at the corner position. We have two guys that have really good size on them as corners, Nehemiah Prickett and, and I got McCrary yeah, McCrary. Um, you know, he's a guy that both of these guys can, can hold their own up there. And they have really good, really good hands and feet. And, you know, I think, what helps them is being coached by Zach. You know, Zach Etheridge is the guy that went to Auburn, got it played on the Auburn team and won a national championship, knows what it takes uh, to be a, a really good defensive back in college. And, uh, you know, he, the reason we got him because he's one of the better defensive young back coaches in, in the SEC. And uh, you can already see his imprint on what these guys are doing. And um, so I, I really like these two guys as a combination um, from a DB standpoint. I, I say this now, the safety position – one thing we talked about with Smoke Monday was, could he get learn to cover better? Like we know he has a knack for the ball. We know he always know how to be around interception. He know how to pick up fumbles, return them for touchdowns. Like we get that. The other thing was, could we get him where he covers better in in cover skills? And I think that's something I saw him do better of this spring. And and I say like he's a long rangey guy. Like people don't realize how tall Smoke is and and everything. And, but he's rangy. Like, he can cover a lot of ground. And, uh, and I think once he learned how to take those right angles in the passing game, oh, man, like, he he's going to improve himself so much dramatically. So I did see steps of that. And the other, Ladarius Tennyson, you know, he's the uh, newcomer back there. Uh-huh. Um, he's a guy that uh, I was, <laughs> he came up and hit a few guys. I will say that. So he's not afraid mm-hmm. to hit. I think he probably learned that from Jerry Sherwood. Probably. Um, so, you know, he's a guy that he, he'll come up and hit you. And uh, so I, I definitely think from a standpoint of having those guys, I think really, really pays off uh, for this, for this defensive back group and definitely having another guy like Jalen Simpson, you know, who's a guy that's a redshirt sophomore that was highly recruited. Like, everyone knows your number three corner plays a lot. And right. so he's going to see a lot of playing time as well. So there's guys that's going to see playing time. There's depth at this position. There's talent at this position. This I think overall the defensive backs, I'm, I'm comfortable with them.
1: Okay, good. And then what about the linebackers? You kind of started on yes. them. How do you feel about them?
0: That's the glue right there. That's Those the glue. Two guys. All right. That's the glue. Zero and number nine. Um, you know, you think about these two guys, you know, Owen Papo and Zacobe McClain. Like these yep. two guys, like when I talked about the weight room, Taylor, like you can see it in these two guys. Like, really? Even, yes, you can see it in these two guys. Like Awesome. I can tell that they hit the weight room really hard. And you hear Coach Harson. he's always harping on Owen Papo and, and, and McLean and about what they mean to the football team. And they kind of remind me of back when I was playing of Dansby and dentarius Thomas, you know, just not as big as those guys were. Like, those guys were, you know, both 6'3", six, 6'4", six, could run and hit, and they was on the cover of ESPN because they were so good. Um, you know, these guys, like, they could be on the cover as, like, dog hunters. And I mean, like, what I mean by, like, these guys, they hunt you. Like, you know, some guys wait for the point of attack. No, these guys, they attack you. Like, they are downhill. They're not afraid to fill a gap. They're not afraid to pass coverage. They're fast. They can run. Like, they everything you look for in today's football game. And the reason I say that because today's football game is more of a passing attack. It's not always just downhill. But they can do both. But – they're so quick and they can run in the passing game and defend that they can get their hands on balls and get interceptions. So these guys, if you put Derrick Mason in the photo and put them right beside him, they're triplets. And, and, and I say that in a <laughs> <laughs> triplets and I say that a good way because Derek Mason is not a big guy, but you look at him, he's a stout guy and right. he plays with, he has high energy. So guess what? These two guys have high energy and, uh, and everything. So I w- I would definitely say from what I've heard from them, and what they've said is that Coach Harson is very, very detailed, and you know, and and you know, he'll let you have a little fun, but he's so detail oriented right now, and I think that's huge because. You want to give players a little bit of leeway, but you want to make sure at this time of the spring and summer that detail is what win football games. Because yeah. when, we, when a game is on the line, and he's always saying four from one mindset, when a game is on the line, you can't have a slip up mentally or a slip up not having your head in a game because you're not paying attention to detail. So that right. means a lot. To hear that from those players means to tell me that, You know, I'm not saying Auburn's going to win every game. I'm not saying Arvin's going to win this. I'm not saying that. I want to give these guys an opportunity to get better one game at a time. But I am saying from a detail standpoint, some of the things that we kind of was a little loose on a little bit, maybe a little tighten up on this year.
1: Oh, good. I think that's very important. And what first comes to mind in that is – what he could potentially do with Bo, and I know that Mike Bobo and and Bo Nix are also going to spend a lot of time together. But let's not forget, Harson played quarterback, and he was a quarterbacks coach early in his career, and I, that might be where his kind of detailed philosophy came in. I, I think that's kind of where he built it in teaching quarterbacks. He's got a deep understanding of the position played it for Boise State in the late 90s, coached it from 06 to 10, I believe, and then obviously head coach. And he's produced four 3,000-yard passers. And you don't do that without having a big attention to detail. And I, I think that we'll see that across the board as well because I know it's something that Derek Mason harps on on the defensive side. So that's that's encouraging to hear all around. You know, he's, he's being thrown in the deep end in some degree, not only – you know, going to the SEC, but a program like Auburn that does have high expectations every single year, we don't believe in down years. So Mm -hmm. I, I think that it's, it's definitely a big jump for him, but I like what he's doing so far. I like what he's shown and what he's presenting. And I look forward to seeing what they look like come fall. Well, I have a couple quick notes to add about some basketball news, but have one more sponsor to tell you guys about It's time to make your outdoor experiences better with Canaan. Kanan sunglasses are made exclusively with polarized lenses for optimal clarity. They're made with Japanese optics that make their lenses clearer, lighter, and stronger. Plus Italian handcrafted frames that are impossible to scratch. That is the best part. I scratch every pair of sunglasses I have. You can use the exclusive code kanancast 15 at Kanan.com to receive 15% off your first pair. So that's K A E. N-O-N-C-A-S-T-1-5 to get 15% off on canaan.com. Okay, real quickly before we wrap this one up, some big news for this Auburn basketball team. First of all, you know, on the last episode, we talked about how this basketball program has become, uh, it's developed a bit of a revolving door, which is a great sign. You know, mm-hmm. you're a great program when guys leave early because they're high caliber, but you're bringing in the big ones as well as soon as someone else leaves. And that's what happened. Auburn basketball snags UNC transfer Walker Kessler. This is a seven foot one, 245 pound center who is a five star in the 2020 class. I mean, Whoa, this is a big, big get, not only 7'1", 245-pound center, but coming from a program like UNC, that's a big get for Bruce Pearl and this program, adding some versatility to that roster. And along with that, announced this week, Alan Flanagan has announced that he is going to return to Auburn to play for his junior year. He was a projected second-round pick in this year's NBA draft, so he has decided to return. Both of these Really great gets, really great news, and gets you excited for next season, even though we're all sad to see Sharif Cooper depart. These kinds of things perk you up a little bit.
0: Yeah, they perk you up a little bit, but I'm just like this, though. Everyone's all over the Brooklyn Nets, right? Oh, the Brooklyn Nets don't win a championship. Not so fast, my friend, as Lee Corson would say. And I say that because simply, I know we're talking about Arbor, but I'm, I'm going to bring the story in full circle. Go ahead. You have to be able to play together to get team chemistry. So okay. when you're always having a revolving door, it makes it hard for team chemistry. Why did Arbor go to the Final Four a few years ago? Think about mm-hmm. it. Those guys played together for three years. Mm-hmm. And they they fed off of each other and they and they kind of knew with each other and they, all of a sudden the clock and the light just went off for them. And yeah. so these things just don't happen. Like in basketball, I know we always say, oh, we can piece together a bunch of talent and all of a sudden just win. Okay, go to Kentucky and ask Coach Calipari how he's been doing for his program lately. Right. You know, because the simple fact is, you got to have guys that want to come in and be a part of your program, which is great what Bruce Pearl is doing because to go get guys, like the guys that he's going to get with Jabari Smith coming in, who's named 2021 mm-hmm. Mr. Georgia, like you are a heck of a recruiter. And everyone knows Coach Bruce don't like to sit down during games. This guy brings <laughs> it every night. Yeah. So I just hope that these guys come in and buy into the mindset of, I'm not looking to go to the league time I get here. When I get to Auburn, I want to look at how can I help Auburn win the SEC first and foremost and to get to the tournament and see what can happen. Like That needs to be your mindset. You can't come to Auburn saying, all right, I just need to have a really good year so I can try to get to the league. Boom, you just knocked out the rest of your teammates for the year. You just made the whole thing all about yourself. Guys, when you get to Auburn, make it more about the team than yourself. All your other accolades will take care of themselves. So I really think this team gonna have a chance to be a really good basketball program. We might have the best front court in the SEC next year. Um, mm-hmm. You know, so. There's hope and there's excitement. Good. Yes, I wish Harif Cooper would have stayed back with these guys and, and had an opportunity because I really think his career could have elevated another year before going pro right. and uh, and everything. But, hey, you can't talk about the if factor. He's not here. He's yeah. going to the pros. It is what it is. Now you're moving totally. on. So I'm excited about these guys, the guys we have coming in. Kudos to Coach Pearl getting out there fighting against teams like Villanova. You know, teams like Gonzaga and the North Carolina team with some of the big basketball names of the past and beating right. these guys out for some of the guys that he's got. Like, that's, that's, a, that's a big uh, applause to him.
1: Yeah, and it shows the establishment of the program at this point, which is always exciting to see. Well, there's always good news to talk about around Auburn athletics. It's been a fun couple of weeks with the spring game, and the draft is next week. (laughs) Write it down if you're going to get confused. That does it for us on this edition of Believe in Everything Auburn. Thank you so much for joining Jason and I as we break down all the news around your Auburn Tigers each and every week. We will be back next week, and we hope that you listen, tell your friends, share the link, make sure you leave us a comment, subscribe if you haven't already, so you get a notification every time we release an episode. Everyone have a fantastic week. Until we talk again, War Eagle.
0: Thank you for listening to Believe.